The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's going this town tonight. Welcome to the Formula Sports Talk, another show. It is Tuesday. Uh, we won't say the date because who knows where the show will be broadcast. I have Agnes Clancy in the studio, Deborah Debris from YoClears.com. Uh, <laughs> from over there. I don't we got to move the show time because it's too early. It's too early and traffic's too bad. <laughs> Guess what? November, it's going to get earlier. No, Later. Uh, let's, go, let's go to 10. We'll go to 10. We, 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 we are live, so <laughs> we do have a, a lot to talk about with little time. Um, and you know, I want to talk about some things. We got Clancy Corner. Second, yep. se- we want to do second or third segment. Second, second segment. Third is longer. Yeah, let's give Deborah more time. Yeah, it's probably better. Yeah, definitely better. Um, but Clancy's Corner has always it's been good for a long time now. So that's it good. has been good. It has. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. The um, they finally gave Kareem his statue that he cried mm-hmm. about forever in an L.A. cry baby. I thought he deserved one, but right. You never ask for something like that. You don't ask for anything like that. Um, Mike Wallace returning to the Steelers. I think he's going to have a lot of setbacks for not being in camp. (laughs) Antonio Brown got his money. (laughs) Antonio Brown got a lot of money. Yeah, but in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has always been that team. They'll pay you when they – they like you, but they're going to pay you. He had – you know, he went to the Pro Bowl last year. He is a pretty good receiver. He is their uh, most productive receiver, Hines Ward, departing for retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, who I thought could play another year. Yeah. You know what I like to see Hines Ward real quick off the subject is in Denver. Ooh. He would be great in Denver. Ooh. Just like a is a third down target or something. Yeah. I mean, third he's down. Not, he's not because all his speed's gone. Because their running game is suspect. So he he's as a receiver and he plays a huge part in their running game. Uh, with the way he blocks, he's so mm-hmm. aggressive. Yeah. And when he gets to the end zone, man, he can dance it up. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, Lance Armstrong. I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about him mm. giving up his fight, never testing positive. But uh, Alex made a statement earlier that everyone that came in second was tested positive. Yeah. So all, all of the ones that he's vacated, the the now winner, uh, has tested positive at some point, at some point in their careers. So let's get into this real quickly. The Arizona Cardinals have no quarterback. Well, we don't know. Even for the ones that are signed, they right. have no quarterback. They, they have a quarterback, but they have no quarterback. They have two of their starters, Kevin Cobb, John Skelton, not playing in his final preseason game. But uh, Coach Wisenhunt made it perfectly clear that uh, the guy who's playing this week will not emerge as a starter. Right. And, you know, it, it, we come out and say, well, why this guy's not the second quarterback if he has a great game? And it's like, it's possibly that he could have a great game because – He's playing against the a lot of second team and third team guys who coaches are getting that final shot, that final look at. Um, I don't know if Peyton Manning is going to play any more than 15 plays, any more than a series, yeah. if at all. Uh, but the two starters guys who haven't made a decision on, I guess he's seen the two and the uh, four pre- previous four preseason games, and um, 
just want to give this guy a look if he's going to hold a clipboard or not. Yeah, I mean, this is the on, the Cardinals are the only team that doesn't have a starting quarterback named already. And uh, I mean, it's I mean, I feel like I could start for the for the Cardinals right now. I don't really know. I don't really know how. I mean, Kevin Cobb has been sacked six times, and the fact that he he runs out of the pocket so fast, he leaves the pocket so fast. And he still is sacked six times. I mean, he's pretty mobile. I mean, he's not you know Aaron Rodgers or anything, but he's mobile. And I I can't believe he gets. I think he hurt his ankle last year from running out the pocket so fast. Uh, and it also has to do with the confidence. Um, you got the um, the offensive line who's suspect at the moment. At best. Yeah, and and they just re-signed Levi, and and, and the fact that you know he's not panning out. The guy's from Virginia. He's from Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> he's. How can that be? Well, and the fact that he's out for the, the fact that he's out for the year isn't really going to help much either. So no, I know with getting hurt when you solve and don't go hard, you get hurt. And I'm not saying he's that guy, but just in general, a lot of guys who don't go hard and and anything you do, you either find yourself behind the eight ball or you hurt. Right. It, yeah. It's, it's yeah. You impossible. play protective. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, everybody else is playing full speed around That's you. That's right. Yeah. Plenty of times I've been in a little. Recreational basketball games, and you know it's your last game. You say I'm not playing anymore, and they convince you to play again. Right. That's the game you get hurt. <laughs> sure, yeah. always. Yeah, always. Yeah, I mean it's crazy to think like because the offensive line's been horrible for so long, and it just shows how it gives Kurt Warner even more points for what he's done and how he was so resilient. And because he played through injury the whole time he was here, and took him to a Super Bowl. I mean their line was a little bit better then because everybody was younger. I mean, but it just wasn't. And it's and always been a problem. This is why I say all the great guys that play. Uh, the game that finished their careers as great, you know, you have good, you have great, you have okay, yeah, I remember you, but it was okay. But they have Russ Grimm over there, who was one of the Hogs, who who's known for putting together a pretty good, decent offensive line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the Cardinals ever had one. I think the offensive line was terrible when the Kurt was here. Mm-hmm. Kurt Warner was here. Kurt Warner was just smart enough to get rid of the football in time enough, and then he caught made audibles at the line, which they allowed him to do. I thought that was great, and maybe um. A great testament to who the offensive coordinator was, who Todd Haley. Right. Um, we allow your guys to do that at, at the quarterback position, but and there's also certain plays that you can hit it real quick as far as the running game. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm wondering too with the quarterbacks, both of them, uh, you know, if they supposedly have the skills, which we don't know if they do or not because they haven't really shown them or they showed them intermittently. Is you know what is the real problem? Because if skill isn't a problem, if if the uh, you know, the strength and coordination isn't a problem, which I don't know if it is or isn't, then what else is left? Here's um, the problem. Um, if, if John Skelton, who I think should be the starter, is the, is the starting quarterback beginning of the season, it's going to be a locker room problem because mm-hmm. you just gave um, this guy $7 million in, in signing bonus. Signing bonus, yeah. You just gave him $7 million, and then I think he'll make 21 this year. Uh, that's gonna be I'm going to throw up. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-one million dollars. He's played what thirteen NFL games. I think so because his contract was huge. Cause, yeah, because the Cardinals had to be going to find a quarterback, so you had mm-hmm. to pay him. Yeah. So there's going to be a problem with who's making the money, and there's a situation like this in Seattle, which mm-hmm. I, I think is the right situation. But mm-hmm. you know, the current Arizona Cardinals will have a locker room situation. It is, to me, it's what team commands or which quarterback commands the team respect, and that's offense and defense. Yeah, and I, think it's, I mean, it's got to be John Skelton at this point because yeah. he's the only one that really knows the been, offense. Exactly. He's been there long enough. Yeah, and the thing is you have to start. I agree that it should be John Skelton, but Wizen Hunt would be an idiot to not start Kevin Cobb, the week one at least. If he goes if he goes 10 for 26 or three three picks or whatever and they lose they lose by a lot, you can put him in the second week. But you have to start your moneymaker. That's what professional sports are. You yeah. have to start the and guy that makes the most money you, right away. You got to go with the guy who can play the best. Right, I'm, you know? not in week about, one. 
football's about winning and losing. Uh, in week one, they just gave Flynn millions of dollars who sat behind Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, millions of dollars. His was $10 million guaranteed. Millions of dollars, and he's, he's not starting the first game. Right. He got a third round. Somebody they drafted in the third round. This is why I'm not a fan of the draft. Mm-hmm. You waited... Because someone told you, all the publications told you, this guy goes to Miami, this guy goes to uh, Oklahoma somewhere, that he's got to be good. Mm-hmm. But you don't watch him. Their, their offense or the defensive scheme that they play in sometimes don't correlate to the NFL scheme because right. they have a lot of they have a lot of questions with quarterback who come out and run and shoot. He can throw the ball. He can throw the ball. If you want to pass the ball, then. That's your quarterback. Anybody can hand the ball off. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When you look at the draft, you know, all that the, those guys have uh, uh, shown is that they can play in college. They haven't shown that they can play in the NFL. Right. That's a whole I, different energy. I love what game. you did in college, but it don't matter once you yeah. get here. I mean, in this, Cam Newton has changed the face of the NFL for for the foreseeable future because he's been able to he's been able to do the run and shoot he's been able to run the ball get rushing touchdowns throw the ball down Drop the field the so you have Russell Wilson an RG3 this year Russell Wilson has played immaculately in, in the preseason I mean, he's thrown touchdown passes he's run for touchdowns he's run the offense and he's making 615k this year right which is fine I mean, he's which is a lot of trust I mean I know, you prove, but, your, prove your way right yeah, yeah. I, I, I think um I was happy when they bought the rookie uh, scale down, money scale oh, down. Yeah. But you know, you got the you got Flynn, who's a veteran, who can command more money than the guys coming out of college, which is which is good. You put your time in. I don't well, know. The veteran is really. I mean, he threw six touchdown passes in one game that <laughs> didn't matter. That, that didn't matter. It was the last game of the season. And that's why Green Bay lost the Super Bowl. And that's why they lost. They didn't get Aaron Rodgers didn't play. No, because they set those guys out. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> but they set those guys out the whole game. Didn't even play. Yeah. So they come back and they lose. Yeah. We're going back to some of the rookie scale and that type of thing too. That's one of the reasons that even on the veteran side, I'm concerned when they start front loading contracts because now you take the incentive away. You know, to play good. You've got guys that, you know, depending on their personalities, for some guys are going to step up and play no matter what. But for others, you get your money up front. It's like, well, if I screw up, big deal. I've got, you know, got and, my yeah, money. And I, would, I think Wilson will be fine in Seattle. And, and, and I don't want, as soon as he have a bad game, you make those excuses that, oh, well, Flan should have been a quarterback. Flan is a pretty good quarterback. He comes in and do what his, his job is, and that's to win games. And he did it, but it was a game that didn't matter in yeah. Green Bay. Um, I also think that Ken Wizard Hunt would be, I will look at him differently if he starts um, Cobb for because of the money purposes mm-hmm. only. Money doesn't make you a good athlete. Right, sure. No, I agree with that. Just, Absolutely. If you was lucky enough to hire for three to five years, then mm-hmm. you, there's a veteran minimum wage, and then hap, hope what happened to um, Cobb in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Allows him to come out here and get a good yeah, contract absolutely. because he did the same thing Flynn did when Donovan went down, came out and threw amazingly. I thought he was like, shouldn't he be starting in front of Donovan? Because you look at those things and you say, well, this guy can throw the ball down the field. I think Donovan's never been a good thrower or <clears throat> or a passer down the field. Kevin Cobb was a good passer, but he was in a whole other situation mm-hmm. in well, Philadelphia. And how many chances do you give a guy before you say next? Right. You know? yeah, I mean, well, Matt Flynn. Uh, Matt Flynn went to LSU and talking about handing the ball off in college right. and being on an exemplary team that, that plays defense and runs the football. He's, he was never really tested in college. I mean, he was, but to the extent that he had a game. run game, he had a run game and a defense. So, I mean, uh, it just, it, that, that never really held true to me. I right. mean, and, and Jarrett Lee, now the backup quarterback for, uh, for the, the third string quarterback for the Chargers is going to be in the same, bo- same spot. Right. So, all right, real quick, do you, uh, you, you didn't have an issue. Did you foresee, Terrell Owens getting cut. (laughs) Not after after that catch he made over the shoulder on the sideline, which was which was a filthy catch in the preseason. Like he just went, he went total blindside. 
But you watch his body language. I looked at his body language, and it's just like, man, throw me the ball. There's no, and that hit, we go back to who the receivers are as far as the receivers. Yeah, we go yeah. back to who they are. Um, if, if the ball wasn't there perfectly, you know, you see his slow shoulder slouch down or, or like, man, give me the ball. It's not going to be a perfect ball. That's why he can make those crazy catches right? because it's not a perfect ball. You just, you skilled enough to make that catch. It's like Fitzgerald having so fingertips that are so long. It's incredible because right. he can grab the ball anywhere and One bring it in. One hand with his tip. Right, exactly. Tio dropped a couple touchdown passes. Easy ones. I mean, but in, in his defense, he needs the ball thrown to him to make the team. Because he right. can't just run perfect routes. <laughs> if he doesn't get the ball, I mean, he's got he's got to get a contract, you know. So I would be pissed too. But I mean, you get you got to keep it. That's, it's that's, To. He's never going to change. It doesn't matter. He's never going to play again. And it's just kind of a, another sad thing to kind of end his career. No, that's a good point. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Famer. Um, he, he, your pass tendly catch up with you. All that nonsense he was doing while he was playing, and, and most of it was just the camera was on him. If you can't read lips, you don't know what he's saying. Cause you can, we can argue back and forth. And if you are a block away from me, you look. It looks like an argument. It's more sometimes it's motivation. Let's go. Let's get this play. Let's, oh, let's yeah. when we get back out. Let's do this. Right. Um, and, and sometimes To got a bad rap because of his previous um, engagements with uh, his teammates. Same thing with Dennis Rodman. Dennis yeah. Rodman was a exemplary athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. It, if you play for that many teams with that much talent, That's too there's much. something wrong with That's you. Too, yeah, yeah. He, um, unfortunately, he does have to have. You make a good point. He does have to have balls thrown to him mm-hmm. to make the team because he's not gonna block anybody and hold him long enough for the running back to get outside of him. He's yeah. not gonna do that. Right. Um, but you can't drop the balls that we used to catch in third grade. You can't drop those balls over your head. Right. You're a receiver. You're. A, yeah, he wants to play the game his way, not the way the game's being played. Right. You're an all-pro receiver, potentially Hall of Fame receiver. You catch those balls. Yeah. You catch those balls. That's uh, always been his problem, too. Well, he ended up in uh, New York Jets. I don't think Miami would take another chance on an idiot <laughs> receiver. Uh, but maybe the Jets. Oh, he'd hate his life with the Jets. Mark Sanchez can't throw the ball, and Tim Tebow doesn't know how to play quarterback. Yeah, but they going Tim Tebow. That's why I think Denver would be good with Peyton, Peyton Manning because Tim Tebow won with that team. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> he won with that team. <laughs> that's true. I mean, Demarius <laughs> Thomas. I mean, they have they have a good young receiving core. Eric Decker is going to be a Pro Bowler this year because of Peyton Manning. And their defense was the reason why Tim Tebow won a lot of games. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. crazy defense over there. I do want to talk about. Uh, Lance Armstrong and his real quickly before we go. Um, now we'll take a break, but when we come back, we have Clancy Corner. But real quickly, let's get into Lance Armstrong. I'm not too sure I agree with his decision. If you never tested positive, Kwame uh, Life Sports Talk. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. 
In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Kwame Last Sports Talk second segment. We got Clancy Corner, but real quickly, let's talk about uh, Armstrong, Lance Armstrong. Uh, he is has decided to not fight the um, doping charges of of you know having whatever steroids or whatever enhancement in his body after winning seven uh, cycling uh, Tour de France. If if he doesn't fight it, you know, it's looked looked as as he's guilty, but he's never failed a drug test. And and as Alex mentioned, the guys who came in second all failed drug tests, which leads me to believe that the people who he rode with are the ones who've seen him take drugs. Because I know I was in college and my roommate, you never know who my roommate is. You never know which one because I had a lot of roommates. <laughs> he got on cycles, and it's yeah. like a 30-day cycle. Uh-huh. It gets out your system. Like, there's no trace of it right. in your system. Just to get strong, I'm like, okay, but when you get off it, then your body is going to depend on it. Mentally, your brain going to depend on it. Yeah. And you can't lift and run as fast as you could when you're on it. I said, so why are you dependent on something like that? Mm-hmm. But Lance Armstrong's never, he has never. Never tested positive. Or failed the drug test. Right. And it's kind of like um, I heard I heard on the commentator that um, you know it's like swimming. I heard this on a um, uh, must have been this ESPN. The only one who's uh, your teammates racing with you until they have to race against you, and then if you win, then down the road it's going to come out. Yeah, so Floyd, I, Floyd Landis did it. Floyd Landis put him on blast. Right, right. And then Floyd Landis popped, won the next year and got popped. Right, because he thought he can do the same thing. If the powers to be want you to pass a drug test, I go back to Lyle Azedo, who's never failed a drug mm-hmm. test, died from steroids. Yeah. Never failed a drug test. Mm-hmm. So because you mean more to the sport, I can make more money if you're racing. Now, these guys who race with uh, Lance Armstrong, they clear the ways for him to win those things. He just He's just not that better than everybody else. It took a team to do that. So and you, whether, whether he's... Guilty or not, whether he goes legally or not, why isn't he out there professing his innocence? Why he isn't has, he on? He has yeah. for the past he eight did, years. Oh, yeah, for a yeah long but as he time. does it, silent, uh, not silently, but not strongly enough. Yeah, he has for a long time, and I, and I want to know why he's giving up now. Like, you can't take because I decided not to fight it, and I'm. You well, this can go to the some, Supreme Court. This this can go high as it can because I've never been tested positive. How are you just going to decide? To take my test, it's kind of like uh, the baseball guy. Well, that yeah. test, that stuff is old now. You can't bring right, it up. Right. That was, you can't bring it back now. When I got on the bike, they told me I was clean. Right. Whatever you found back then, you should have told me then. Yeah, when I'm because it is work. When is there? When when does statute of limitations come into play? Yeah, because he never. That. I think it's either five or seven years. I think I remember reading it's either five or seven years. So if you were to actually fight it, he would have won because there's they they couldn't have filed anything. Or, yeah, they could have taken him to court or whatever the whatever the doping uh, agency does with with punishment. I, I, I don't think he should be. Um, I don't think you should take his seven um, 
uh, Tour de France titles at all. Um, they have to. Barry Bonds have they they took his title away. He's never he's never been tested positive. Well, luckily Lance Armstrong is one of the most influential people in the last ten or fifteen years in the United States. Through his live strong thing, through his story. If he wasn't a cancer survivor, we wouldn't even be hearing about no, this. No, we'd be talking bad about him right, right. now. Which, which I'm about to talk bad about him. Yeah, because I, I just can't believe he's given up. And well, for the and if okay, he's given up. He's tired. He's he's I put all this into it. But he hasn't been tested positive. He's given up, which now it looks like I've been tested positive. Well, I'd be curious, too, if there's something else going on that we're not aware of. I mean, there could be some health issues. There could be some other reasons why he's saying, I don't want to put in the, the... the time and the effort right now in order to fight all this because I've got other things I want to do in my life. And he did have cancer, so that stress um, mm-hmm. it can bring back anything. Absolutely. You know, can bring back anything, so I'm tired of fighting it. But still, it's That's like I, I, so many cases. I Like Reggie Bush, you're not going to take my Heisman from me because mm-hmm. what I did on the football field, Got me the Heisman, not what I did off the field. If he did anything at all, yeah. But right. get, getting that house wasn't a performance-enhancing drug for his for his football career, so it's a different. I, I agree even more because we talked about that. I, I said I'd melt it before I gave it back. Yeah, I wouldn't give it mm. back. I'd say you come and get it, and then be right. ready for a couple shots in your butt. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's that's the way to, that's the way men do it, right? That's right. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna shoot you. If you step I'll on take my you down. If you step on my property uh-huh. after I told you to I leave, I own you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not gonna wait for you to turn around. I'm gonna I'm kick gonna your you. tire car. When we, when we leave this tomorrow, right, a little later, <laughs> then I'm going to my, I'm open up my trunk. <laughs> Shoot me. <laughs> you you got to be gone by the time Desperado I it? <laughs> yeah, no, if I'm Lance Armstrong, I'm not, I can understand giving up the fight because of everything you have to go through and that he's been through, and then the cancer situation, but you make a good point that if he didn't have cancer, I don't know how much we'd be talking about right. this, because he's raised millions of dollars with his Live Strong. Mm-hmm. I, everyone had that yellow bracelet okay. on, right. that Live Strong bracelet. I've had two or three on, you know, because I believe in the, you know, in the cause, in the cause, and right. you come back from cancer, which uh, that's that, a heavy fight. That's a heavy fight. That mm-hmm. man-made disease is a heavy fight. But if you can come back from that and still do what you did, and then he won again after that, right? Yeah, he won five more. Right. Wow. See, yeah. I'm not, I'm not giving up anything. I've, I've won, and then you told me when I left out the, uh, the doctor's office that I was clean. I was pos- I was, I was negative, or positive. Well, that's the thing with him. What he's done off the racing course has been as great or greater than what he did on it. Even if you're on steroids, that's still a lot of work. But the guys who was um, who's helping him win, his teammates, I think this is the point where they're coming out and they say they have teammates of his to say he was doing it. The same thing. Mm-hmm. This the same thing with uh, all the baseball guys. Your teammates see you doing these things or know you doing them things. Um, but that's a real team. I mean, a, a racing team. Any one, only one person's going to win. So even if you work as a team, only one of you is going to be remembered. Not but, but oh, like, that was that was uh, great. The, the scheme was great uh, in 2002. Uh, this person was part of the team, but this person won. That's the only person that's going to be remembered. That's probably why uh, Landis came. I mean, he might be one of those guys he, coming he was out. Pissed. Yeah, because like, he why him all the time. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because people choose people to be successful. You. Right. I, we can make we can bring somebody in here tomorrow. I mean, this week for a right. year and make them successful. And they'll blow up and go somewhere else and, right. and be big. You can make somebody successful if you choose to put all your energy and work into them. Okay, you can do that. You ready for um? I I have three minutes of Clancy's corner that has to do with this. Well, you got a minute too long. Go. Uh, that was from last break. 
Okay, uh, two things. One that I've been holding back. Uh, one, I think that the reason why he didn't fight it was because he finally got control of the situation. He got to make a decision on his own, said, screw you guys, I'm going to pull back. You can you can think of it as you wish, but I'm going to stop my fight because I fought for nine years with this, and I don't want to do it anymore. So he finally got to make a decision. He got to tell the world, I'm not going to do this. Okay, so he stopped. Now, my question is, do you think that one of the reasons why he pulled back was to raise more money for his foundation? Do you think people feel bad about him, feel bad for him? It's already shown that there's been a complete, huge influx of money donated to the Livestrong Foundation. So do you think that he gets the sympathy vote here by pulling out, even though everybody's like, you know, we know you didn't take steroids, but, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a great thing you did, great thing for sports, you've done a great thing for cancer research, you're a cancer survivor. Do you think that he's going to make uber millions of dollars because he stopped the fight? And that's, that's the thing that I really, that's all I wanted to say. Like, do you really think that that... I think it makes sense. I think it's a good um, for Lance Armstrong and what he does foundational wise. It's good that this is coming back up because he can raise more money. You just bringing me back. He's to relevant the, again. Yeah, you yeah. can bring it right back. Now he was married to a pop star, which you know he was relevant then. Relevant when he was racing, he's relevant again. He's always going to be a guy that can raise money for the mm-hmm. cause. But the fact that you're bringing it up now, I, I don't. I still, I still don't think. You know, there's some people that's. Innocent to a proven guilty. It's some that's guilty to a proven innocent. Uh, I don't know which one he is, but I, I wouldn't give up my stuff. Well, he's it, definitely guilty to a proven innocent. Yeah, that's what's right, right now. That's, pub, that's, like, that's what the yeah, exactly. But no, the public and the, media. And the doping agency. But but how how do you say at this point in my life I'm, I'm done racing? Well, I think he was thinking about coming back, but it wouldn't surprise me. But I'm I'm done, and now you can come back and say, oh, those tested positive or tested negative. They are now positive now. I mean, he had over five hundred tests. Who gets the, who gets the trophies? Who gets the title? The guy, the, the other dopers that are behind him. That lo- that that dope. So now you got to go to the third guy. No, number well, one, no, or dope number two. Jan Ulrich. Jan Ulrich was uh, the guy that uh, came in second, I think, three times, and he he uh, was popped for doping in like oh five or oh six. So well, it was before it. all of the. But still, he's been he, he raced illegally in a, in in the maybe not in two thousand two, maybe in two thousand six. Maybe when he came in second, he that's wasn't ridiculous. Doping. They're all doping. But you so don't, by the time it's over, there is no more race. There is no more race. Nobody won. Nobody lost. Cut it's it down done. and make it a, a sprint to, a, to from corner to corner. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Tricycles. <laughs> yeah, really. Break them out. But there's no, yeah, you can't, there's nobody to give it to. You're not. See, that's why it doesn't matter. He's like, everybody's doing it. Even if I'm not, it if, won't matter. If, I'm going to be remembered for winning seven Tour de France. Nobody else in the history of racing right. will be remembered. And and that might be his trophy in itself. But yeah. I'll tell you this. If a guy who won seven times and I came in third, I came in second place three times, and I'm gonna think, I'm looking like, how do I beat this guy? Let me get on what he's going on. Let me get on this doper stuff. So I don't know what the rest of the guys, because you say all those other guys, those extra guys, uh, tested positive. Mm-hmm. So is it a case of being more guilty or less guilty, but you're still guilty? Less guilty. Well, it's the most, that and boxing are the two most uh, controversial, mm-hmm. yeah, corrupted sports. I mean, baseball is, is starting to is starting to make a, make a name for itself. Baseball is Baseball might be the lead. It might be the head. It's well, because it's not, it's not a, a small market sport. But see, I go. Let me go to this real quick. That you know, anytime the sport boxing is a big sport, it's only good. Was when, a big sport. It's only good when you got a top heavyweights. When Mike Tyson was fighting, I wouldn't miss the big a, boys in there that are you know blowing and going. Or you got these guys that talk um, a lot like uh, the boy Mayweather. 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 Yeah. Punk. Yeah, you got to go. I think so too. But you but, watch. 
but you watch, and yeah. that's what I'm. And that's my and point. Pe- pe- people pay for it. That's when boxing yeah. is good. But when you can't, when you only got four guys in the whole federation of boxing. Now you got to get one guy who's decent enough, and you got to drug the other guy. I remember Ali was drugged <laughs> up. Uh, Ali was drugged. They put um, stuff in his water, or they put stuff on a guy's glove, hit oh, him in the face, right. close his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, now you got to find a way to make the sport better. When baseball was went on strike in '94, Sosa and McGuire came back. We knew they was on something. We, well, we might have speculated they was on something. They brought the lead back. Yeah. That, that home run, and then it was another guy in the mix of it. Uh, it was Sosa, McGuire, and was it Barry Bonds? He I was mean, third. Must have been. They they bought the game back just by hitting home runs every two times they got the bat. They made a lot of money, and they I now baseball is back. Showed up to watch. And now the commissioner and all those people involved at the top, they want to they want to clean up baseball. You're not cleaning up what you allow us to do. See, boxing can go back to like become the WWF or something like that, where they can just they're, yeah. they're orchestrating it anyway, so well, they, they might as well make it known. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a word face paint. <laughs> but they got Brock Lesnar in um. Wrestling now, and he was an MMA fighter. They have Snooky in wrestling now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's not exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> don't, I, don't do not that? ask me how I know that. Because you like uh, Snooky. Because oh. you wasn't watching wrestling. No. You were following Snooky on Twitter. No. I, I, to no. Shaw. I, I lose IQ points every time she tweeted something. Oh wow. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know baseball. Like, if I wanted to be part of any players' association, hands down, they have the strongest players' association. So even if you get popped fifty games, you get to come back and make your twenty million dollars that year, all guaranteed. You, I guarantee you break a toenail, you break a toenail, and you don't have to play the whole season. You yeah. get paid. The NFL joke. The NFL uh, player personnel. They show up when it benefits them. The, always, I've always liked this about baseball and a little bit about basketball. Uh, their contracts are guaranteed, but the player. The players that um, the 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 association that shows up is that we're not affiliated with baseball. We we just lawyers doing our job, and baseball guys always win. Mm-hmm. But so now we're bringing the goons in too. So right. we got to have guards to you know I to think watch over the football players. Another goon is um, uh, Daz Bryant, and I want to talk about him in the fourth <laughs> segment. He's an idiot of, at the highest level, mm-hmm. but this guy he must know what he's doing because he got. Jerry Jones' attention, and this mm-hmm. and this is not money coming out of his contract. This is extra money they're willing to pay for him to have three security guys around the clock, um, because he's an idiot. How has Roger Goodell not said done anything? He's an idiot. Jerry Jones is paying him off, is what's happening, or something. Sleeping with him, or something. Maybe, allegedly. Okay, that's hey. a great way to go to break. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pictures. They yeah. all sleep together, just not in bed. All right. So, hey, this is Kwame Sports Talk. That was Clancy Corner. We come back. We got down and dirty with Deborah. <laughs> But we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Sports Channel, the talk doesn't get any hotter. 
If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out. Hey, welcome back to the Pumpkin Sports Talk. We might as well get right into it. Hey, welcome back to the show. We was talking about a lot of other stuff. Hey, I'm saying, um, you know who's funny though? Uh, Natalie Portman. She's funny. She, oh, you see her on SNL in the Lonely in the uh, yeah, yeah Lonely she, Island Boys. Yeah, yeah, she was rapping. She was rapping. Yeah. All right, it's down in third segment. Down in Dirty with Devil. Let's get into it. All right, so I want to talk this week about coming in second because right now, uh, again, as I talked about last week a little bit, the uh, NFL, I mean, they're making major cuts. Teams are going from 90 to 53, and there were some cuts made uh, yesterday and some more in a couple days. So what happens when you come in second and you start telling yourself and everybody around you, oh, no, 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 I'm fine, you know, I'm here for the team, not a problem. And the reality is, you know, what are you supposed to do when your teammate, the guy who you consider to be part of your family, just took your job? You know, you're expected to continue to show up to practice, act as if nothing's different, and, you know, sit on the sidelines and think, you know, everything's just fine, not a problem. You know, you wish the guy the best. I mean, you really do wish the guy the best because he's part of the team. But inside, you're hurting. I mean, the disappointment just kind of rips you apart because this was your expectation, your expectation that you were going to get the, you know, you were going to get the position. You worked hard. You busted your butt. You went through OTAs. You did all the strength and conditioning. You did everything right. You know, went into preseason, opportunity was there, you showed your talent, but you just weren't quite good enough. Somebody was a little bit better. Again, you look around and you say, you know, I'm fine. You know, the press shows up, they get in your face asking, you know, what are you going to do? What's it feel like? You know, hey, you know, I'm here for the team. Well, the reality is you've got to deal with it in some way. And I want you to consider a couple things because you can be reasonable about, reasonable about this and you can look at it and say, you know what, I'm still in the NFL, still making the big bucks, still part of the team that I love. I get to travel, I go to meetings and, you know, I feel fine and everything makes sense. But you know what? It doesn't. Nothing makes sense to you at that point because the hurt is deep. So one thing that I, a couple things I want to suggest to you if you're ever in this position, which most of us are sometime throughout our life, sometimes many times throughout our life, is you can look at and do some future, what's called future pacing, is asking the what-if questions. What if I show up for practice, meetings, or game day feeling sorry for myself, upset and disappointed? And the answer is, if you really look at it and dig deep for most, most players, you can look at it and say, if I show up like that, I could uh, potentially tick off the coaches, my team members, play beneath my ability when I do have the opportunity to play. It lets the team down. I end up feeling, feeling guilty. When I am called on to play, I'm not prepared, so I screw that up, and everything pretty much sucks. 
Or you can do some future pacing and you can look at it and say, well, what if? What if I focus on what's most important to me right now? I can't change what is, but I can change how I feel about it right now and I can change my future. So what does it look like if I actually go out there on the practice field, do my very best, stay realistic, set some new goals, and actually do what matters to me, which actually benefits the team at the same time? Set up new goals, new expectations, and new strategies for your success. We are, as human beings, we are are passionate people who are always looking to have some type of hope in our life. So we've got to put something out there that seems hopeful to us and possible. You focus on how are you going to get ready to get back in the game. You build your strategy. How are you going to behave at practice in the locker room, on the bench? You know, what are you going to be thinking about? What are you going to be doing physically, technically, emotionally, and mentally to make sure that you can stay strong so when your opportunity shows up that you're ready? Just because you're second now doesn't mean you have to stay second forever. In football and in life, the one thing that we can count on is nothing stays the same. You know, the question is, are you going to be ready to step up and step in when the opportunity opens up for you? Because that's a choice that you can make. And that's the foundation for Kwame Lasseter's career. Pretty much. Right? Uh, I had like, you know, I had my um, job taken twice. Well, one was deserved, and the other one was politics. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I was younger at one point, and I was older, and I got an NFL. It happened in high school with my brother. He took my job. I was quarterback. My brother was better than I was. He was. I, but I won games. I know how to win games. He make games look easy. So he took my job as a quarterback. Didn't phase me at all um, because it was my brother probably, and I know he was better than he's younger. My brother's way better an athlete than I am, by the way. Um Two, what happened in the league uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, they gave, my brother took my job, they gave Pat Tillman my mm, job. That's when I remember. They gave Pat Tillman my job, and, um, and, and you know, I, I wasn't saying I was there for the team, because I was the team on defense. I, mm. I was, that was my thought. That was my mm. thought process. That way I can contribute more. I'm not saying it was going to take me for us to win games. I'm just saying <clears throat> that was my attitude and how I went into games, because I thought I could help the team more if I figure if I do my job, it's contagious. Winning and work is contagious. If you work hard, somebody has to work hard. There's no slackers that's going to be beside you because they won't have to step it up. Uh, so when they gave Pat my job, what I did was set new goals. I was ready. Um, I prepared as if I was going to play every play on every game, the next play on every game, and I was going to go in and, and like a quarterback, commands the leadership and commands the attention to um, your teammates. I was going to go in and do that. So what I did was set new goals. I said, now I want to lead the lead in the NFL, and I led the lead in the NFL. Um, I said I wanted um, how the most productive outing on defense week in and week out, and, and most time I was. Um, but it doesn't mean my season was over. I just said, okay, this here's my role now. Let me set different goals. Right. And um, but I wasn't. The first time it happened in high school, it was no problem. I was in high school. It was I was still on the field. I was still playing. Um, but in and then. Lee, if somebody was better than you, you can see that. You know that. Mm-hmm. But and I always thought that the Arizona Cardinals gave Pat my job because because he went to ASU and they wanted to sell mm-hmm. tickets. The Cardinals are always trying to find a way to market sure. the team. Um, but, you know, me, Pat and I, we remained real tight, real close. We still hung out. We did what we did. Um, and Pat said to the media, I'm not the safety Kwame is, but I'm going to do everything I can to help the team, mm-hmm. which I completely was, you know, I applaud him for it. And I uh, when they gave him the job, I said, whatever you need, whatever you need. It wasn't like, 
I'm not helping you because I want my job back. Right. Because the big picture is the team. And I think, um, you know, a lot of times you, a lot of guys right now being cut run into those situations because right. that year in camp, we came out of camp, we came out of Flagstaff. I was a defensive player, MVP. Two, a week later, mm-hmm. Coach Tobin called me upstairs and said, I'm starting Pat Tillman the first game. I said, okay, that's fine. So I'm thinking it's me and Pat Tillman back there. He said, no, right. I'm starting with you. I said, how you do that? I just got MVP the first game. I mean, uh, MVP of the camp, entire camp. And he said, it's his gut feeling. I went downstairs, got my playbook, sat on his desk, said, okay, I'm out. I went home um, because I wasn't ready for, you know, you, you could say I'm here for that. I wasn't ready for that. Well, that's a I, shock. I couldn't understand that right. nonsense. And, um, and and you have to you have to be able to go into a situation for worst case scenario. But you, if you practice every day like you're the starter, then you'll eventually be the starter. Right. And it's an emotional shock. I mean, I, my players, I look at them and say, you know what? I understand the disappointment, the frustration, the upset, and all those type of things. When I had one of my guys that made practice squad, you know, and I was like, when we talked about this last year, and I said, dude, you are in perfect position right now. You can feel sorry for yourself, and you can mope and groan and whatever else because you don't get to travel, and you're part of the practice squad. Or you can get out there and bust your butt and do what you know you can do and be seen by someone, either the team you're on now or another scout someplace else. And it was, I don't know, a month and a half into the season, and he ended up, he's on the roster and still is. Right. Well, you know what, you know what happened, um, they gave him my job my first mm-hmm. uh, the first week we played Dallas. Now I'm still on the field. I'm still planning all the packages, mm-hmm. but I'm not starting safety. So um, setting new goals. By the fourth or fifth game, I had my job back. Right. So I mean, you go out there. Um, it wasn't anything Pat did. Football becomes, and and I said this mm-hmm. early in the show. It's winning and losing. I don't care right. who you pay or or who's making what. Football is about winning and losing. If we losing, then that coach will be looking for well, another job. That's the thing. Job. Everybody's job is on the line. Yeah. You know, so everybody's looking for what are, what are we going to put together this week against this team so that we can win, and that may be a different player. And at that I had time. to reassess my um, my mentality. I think one of the things that helped me out a lot. You know, I I didn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I went to work. I did my job. I said this couldn't happen to anybody. But everybody understood. I mean, the whole offense said. How did that happen? The whole offense was surprised because they want to win because they know they wasn't that good. So we right. had to have our best guys on defense. Um, you know, obviously a lot of guys on defense, you know, we understood what was going on. But there was no issue between Pat and I. It was, they, we didn't isolate each other. Yeah, it's we, not his fault he and, got chosen. And he said that. He said, yeah. it's not my fault. I'm like, shoot, I'd rather play with you than against you. Right. So we, we made a big thing. But one of the coaches helped me out. Um, me and Joe Green used to walk by me at practice every day. And, and and throw me little nuggets, throw throw me little sayings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And one thing, one one of the sayings he said, I never forget. He said, "All goodbyes are not gone." So he Ooh. said, "I I'll never deep. forget." It. Yeah. yeah, he said because he because it wasn't his it wasn't his decision, and he was our D line coach. Mm-hmm. But you sit in that meeting, and it probably came from the top. And I don't think I don't even think it was Vince Tobin as the head mm-hmm. coach decision. I think it was management because they want to sell a ticket. Right. How can I market this guy, Pat Tillman, being from ASU? Who I thought was good. I, I, I love playing with him on Sundays. He practiced hard like he's about to play. And enough guys did that, see, we, and it becomes contagious. But but Joe Green said that, and all I took that is, it looked like it's over, but it's not over. Right. Which means I kept working. Well, that's the thing, and throughout the season, I mean, how many injuries are there throughout the season? How many times do guys look like they're going to be able to make it and play well, and they don't, you know, when they I, get out there? So, I mean, things are always changing. A lot of guys don't want to uh, start because somebody got injury but sometimes it happens like that they don't want to start because somebody got hurt 
I want to start because I'm better than you, and I help the team out. Mm-hmm. But you, you got those isolated sports like basketball. You feel like I have to give Kobe the ball in the last minute. Why not? I could shoot too. Right. But those sports like that, you feel like I'm I'm better than this guy. So if we win and lose, let me win and lose with our best player on the field or taking a shot. Um, and I think there's a lot of guys on Kobe roster that you if if that superstar has trust in you, instead of the quarterback throwing the ball down the field, I can dump it off to my running back, who's probably the best player on that offense, mm-hmm. and let, let, let him make things happen. Well, and I'm always looking at, you know, who's, you know, who's the best player out there, what do you, and what are you going to be committed to? So, I mean, you can be committed to, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to show them that, you know, screw you, you know, you just screwed me, so screw you. So I'm going to just sit over here, half-ass do my work and whatever else. Or you can be committed to, you know what, I'm going to give you a reason to give me that position, right. you know, because I'm going to earn it, and I'm going to show you that I'm worthy was, of it. I was both of those. I said, screw you. I'm, I'm coming mm-hmm. out here, and when I come out here, I'm I'm, I'm taking heads off. I want to get to, so now I'm on the second team. And I, we go against the first team. I right. say every receiver I line up, because I play corner too, mm-hmm. I say everyone I line up front, I'm going to destroy them. Right. Like, they got tired of me hitting their star receivers, Rob Moore, Frank Sanders. They got tired of me hitting all those guys. I said, well, don't put them in front of me. Right. Don't put them in front of me. Or put a red jersey on them like the quarterback has. Yeah. And I won't hit them. Right. But uh, and also, uh, you know, I, I went out there and said, I'm out here to do my job and get it done, as long as I help the mm-hmm. team win. But the main, one of the main things is set new goals. Absolutely. Don't, don't settle for being... Because it's more politics than anything. Don't settle for being a second guy. Right. Just because somebody puts a label on right. you that you're on, you know, second string or whatever, doesn't mean that you are. It just yeah. means that that's the label they put on you for the moment. So. As soon as you say this, well, at least I'm still on the team. That's when you've given up. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, at least I'm on the team. That's an excuse statement. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't don't build an excuse for you because it's going to be easy to build another excuse. That's right. And then you can be like, well, I'm not on the team. Right. Now you're going. Yeah. Mentally, I just checked myself out. Then you, now you, you turn into a T.O. You turn into that there guy, you and you're playing for six teams. As good as, as much talent you have, right. you're playing for six teams. Yeah, and you have, I mean, you have uh, backups now, like Ben Tate got hurt, and then Arian mm-hmm. Foster took his job. Right. But every year, Arian and Foster Tate was gets good. hurt. Right, yeah, and Arian Foster gets hurt every year. Ben Tate comes in, gets over 100 yards rushing, and then goes back to being number two. And then Michael Bush is the other one that I can think of. Darren McFadden gets hurt every year. Well, it's not anymore, but Darren McFadden got hurt the last three years, and Michael Bush, all he did was produce. And Michael Bush was the best running back over there. I'm like, why do I play this guy? I watched the game. And uh, now he's a backup in Chicago. Yeah, he's a backup because they paid this guy all his money. See, coaches and organizations say, well, I'm going to get what I put in. I'm going to put this money. I'm going to put $25 million in this guy's hands. He's going to work. Right. He's going to work for that $25 million. Yeah. Win or lose a draw. And you don't and get professional problem. players coming out of Louisville, running backs that come no. out of Louisville very often. But but th- those guys, there's a lot of, if you give me a lot of second string guys, I'll beat a lot of first team teams. I will be oh, yeah, they're hungry. Yeah, and they yeah. probably better. Right. They don't get a chance. And you never know who's watching. I mean, right. scouts are looking all the time. Teams are looking all the time. Especially you when never they take know. your job. Coaches watching now how you react to this adversity. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah. That was Down and Dirty with Deborah. Uh, Deborah, what is it? The website? Your YourClearEdge.com. Number is? 480-212-1909. Give me a holler. Let's talk. Third second, we'll come back. We'll talk about a little Des Bryant and see if this guy is really crazier than most people think he is. Or the Dallas Cowboys is a little more smarter than most organizations taking care of their players. Hey, we'll be back after this. Your internet flagship station for sports. 
America Sports. If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel sports and medicine go hand in hand quite simply if you aren't up to your game health wise you won't be up to your game on the field that's where bruce the sports doc comes in dr bruce grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week Bruce, the sports doc, and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Carmel Sports Talk. This is the last segment. We just finished up with Down and Dirty with Deborah. Go to yourclearedge.com. Uh, also, the number is if you want to reach Deborah directly, 480-212-1909. The website, Deborah at yourclearedge.com. We, let's talk Daz Bryant. Let's I, I, talk Daz. As the um, Daz Bryant, I want to see real quickly get into him, and I want to talk Mark Grace, too. Not so much about mm. Mark Grace, but just athletes in general. Right. Because I think most athletes are so much, they have so much ego and so much pride that they feel like they can always make it home in situations. They can always feel like they can control the situation. And Mark Grace's situation, in his case, that um, he had, uh, this is what I read, he has uh, expired tags, so he gets pulled over, and it's Mark Grace. It's Thursday night at and, 9 o'clock. And it's Thursday night, too. Thursday night, you bet. <laughs> and, um, you know, I see I see Mark out, man, with at the bowling and, and golf events and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I like to think that he has a driver with him or somebody to drive mm-hmm. him away from those events. Um, and it's unfortunate that the, they did a test and nothing that has come out, not any legal results uh, as of yet that I've read, but... You know, it might be a DUI situation, another DUI situation within 15 months. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have an interlock device in the car, which is the biggest no-no of them all. Uh, you said he did? Oh, well, he did not. He did not have an interlock you device. You mean one of those breathing car. devices? That you uh-huh. have to have. Oh, I tell yeah. you what. I knew a guy just a couple years ago. He would walk out of the bar. He'd pay the, the bartender or the waitress or whatever to walk mm-hmm. out with him to blow in the device so he could get in the car and drive. Well, yeah, but you have to do it every 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it shuts mm-hmm. off. Um, it, he uh, just, he'd stay close to home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you can get home in 10 minutes. So the interlock device, Sheriff Joe, is not having that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he might he might see some jail time, even though it's Mark Grace. What's well, what's Broccoli did some jail time. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know who's who's bigger, mm-hmm. but but Charles Barkley's definitely bigger size wise. <laughs> hey, I, I don't um ego. I don't like uh you know celebrities no, doing like, like Broccoli was in there in a warm up suit in a jumpsuit mm. when everybody else was in pink outfits. Right. So I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I, I do, and uh, you do have a, some celebrity status where you know we do treat celebrities different. Unfortunately, we treat them well, different. Well, these celebrities that go from, you know, they, you know, if you're going from hero to zero type thing, you know, it's looking at, 
you know, why why is it happening? Some of the conversations we've had over the last couple of weeks of, you know, would you rather be embarrassed, you know, with a DUI or would you rather hit somebody, kill somebody or yourself and hurt your family and continue down the same path you've been going down over and over and over again? It's crazy because, uh, you know, you you can actually... Alcohol does exactly what it's supposed to do. It, it impairs you. It impairs you. And it I don't numbs care. you out so you don't have to feel what you've been feeling now, and deal with what you're dealing with. Right, because you will go out there and kill somebody with that weapon called a car, mm-hmm. and you will never get hurt. But you'll probably kill like one or two people on the way home and never know what happened. I, I read some, a bunch of mm-hmm. articles. That this one lady, she was drunk. And she got in her garage. Um, police followed her home. She didn't think they was following her. She just hit somebody, uh, two cars down a rope somewhere and just kept going. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of Jim Lairitz when we had him on the show yeah. last year. Yeah. I had a yeah. guy on a construction crew once that he got arrested. I got the call the next morning that he was sitting in the drive-thru of a jack-in-the-box, and because he was so belligerent and drunk in the drive-thru, and he didn't even know it, they called the police, and they picked him up right there and impounded his car. And, you know, I mean, the thing is, we can laugh about it, yeah. but it's like, man, it is so freaking sad. Again, it goes back to the why don't people... You know, raise their hand and say, I really could use some help here. Because they felt like they've been, because I had a guy on my team that fell asleep at the stoplight. I had a guy on my team who was drunk and killed somebody in the car, but the guy was running the wrong way, going the wrong, mm-hmm. down a one-way street. So, you know, they didn't test him for anything. Right. It's just the guy's fault for coming down that street. Yeah. But athletes get so high on the level. They've been, athletes, if you can believe it or not, Alex, they've been babied. Since they were, you don't say. <laughs> since they were babies, they've been I'm babies. in no. shock. They've been babies, and they have all. Somebody have always told them they was the best ever. They was good. They was this and that. Uh, well, let me play, take you to this school. You shouldn't play for this school. Go to this school. I'm gonna take care of you. They was always giving everything. And at one point, and I think this is my brother' case. And at one point, all that stopping, you had to start doing things for yourself. And saying, where's what, where, what do I do? Yeah, where's everybody yeah. who's supposed to have been helping me? Who wanted me to help them? Um, and the people around you, some of the people that have been around you while while you were going up, are no longer around you. No. Whenever you're all of a sudden one they're, of the normal people, they're never going to be there. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. they're take, not there. And, take a freaking and, cab. And I the mean, ones, I, well, this is not being about being babied. It's mm. get a driver. You make millions of dollars. Get a driver. If you make eighty thousand dollars a year, pay a hundred dollars to get a driver to take you home. Well, I, I don't, there's no excuse for being babied. You, you're a human being. Like you know common sense. You know not to drink and drive. Because you feel untouchable doesn't mean the you shouldn't take the precautionary measures of getting, like you said, with all the charity events and stuff. Mark Grace, get a driver. Yeah, he should. Get a limo. I mean, it happens though, because the, the, the athletes, their egos, and they feel, feel invincible. like they are invincible. They feel like they are invincible, so they feel like I can make it home 15 minutes. Uh, in 15 minutes, you drunk. And where are the people you around them that have got enough huspa to say? They don't care because they have been buying drinks all at the bar. That's right. They don't care how you gonna get home. Including the family, they won't even step up a lot right. of times and you know say. I love you enough to say this is going to stop right, right here, right now. So yeah. hopefully, um, you know, this is a situation because the the, the uh, Diamondbacks don't even have any. They don't announcers. <laughs> they have one guy. They have one guy who was probably going to get the job full time. Yeah. Uh, Mangione, what, what's his name? Yeah, uh, something like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But it, it's unfortunate. Now, in Des Bryant case, do you see this is a positive thing because this he's he's an idiot. He was an idiot in college. And um, everyone said that coming out the draft in yeah. Dallas, he, what team to go to? Dallas or the Raiders? You fit right in. Yeah. So pick another mask and put it on because you've been wearing masks all your life right. and hiding behind it in some way. So does the uh, does it 
is this a good thing with the uh, um, Jerry Jones is doing with the Des Bryant? Um, you know, twelve o'clock curfew, three guys around the clock, rotating, to and rotating, from. yeah, security. At, at Two point? times a week, you're meeting with somebody. No yeah. strip clubs. Whoop, no strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or pre- pre-approved say. clubs to go to, not strip clubs. No club, alcohol. Yeah, no, no alcohol. alcohol. So why go to a club? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you are already a drinker and not, not an alcoholic, but you drink, I, but why would we go to a club? And he's getting driven to and from practices. Yeah. Which means he to won't answer your question, this is ridiculous. I, oh yeah, this I know, is, I agree. There doesn't need to be a football team in L.A. because Jerry Jones has made Dallas Hollywood. Like, mm-hmm. this is like the most, he's like, he's like a ring, he's like a ringleader. He's he's this is Barnum and Bailey's circus. Like this well, okay. is this is so unfathomable that they do something like this. But the NFL has suspended him. He's a, he's a grown man. Suspend well, him. In this case, I think he was uh, arguing with his mom or pushed his mom or something. He like had but his mom. He had but his mom. I, well, these guys. I, I, when I played, I always thought NFL guys were dumb, uh, idiots. Like, and I and I say idiots a lot, but I think some of the stuff you don't have to do. And I mean, it happens. I've done a lot of. I've done a few dumb things, but not not to be arrested or anything crazy. Join like the that. crowd; it's part of growing up. You right, know, but we do this guy, stuff. the NFL has been seen um, as not helping their player or their player unions—not player unions, but their player advocacy, if you will. Mm-hmm. But now Dallas Cowboys taking that extra step, and Garrett probably Jerry Jones told him to say this, but I have to be seen taking care of my players. Well, here's here's my concern. That's one guy on the team. You got an owner who's taking care of he, his needs, which means he's protecting his investment. You've got coaches who are taking care of their needs because they want to win and they're trying to get some kind of a culture on the team so they can win. But who's taking care of Des Bryant's needs? Right. Because in reality, there's a deeper need that's going on inside of him, which is causing him to act and react and behave the way he's doing. And them babysitting him is not going to make it go away. And what happens when now you go from season, which is really, really busy, to an off season that he's left up to his own devices again? Yeah. And if you've got a counselor, I'm curious as to the, the, the counselor. It's great. If you're going to go in and whine and cry and bitch about stuff, that's not going to help you. If there's somebody there who's strong enough to hold him accountable and find out what's really going on, then it's a good thing. Because he's going to yeah. go to the counselor who's going to be in awe that Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my God, yeah. Des Bryant, look um, at what I can put on my resume. Uh, tell you know? me what you want to tell yeah. me. Exactly. <laughs> okay, but Jerry Jones knows Real what quick. he's doing. Jerry Jones knows what he's doing. I'm going to say, I'm, gonna say I'm a devil's advocate, not necessarily in this sense. He's been there since Dallas has been relevant, you know, after after Roger Staubach, Danny White. I mean, like, he's the 90s was him. You know, I mean, he has run this. He's kept Dallas relevant, even though it's a circus. He's done it. So this is this is the way to hedge his bet and and to just kind of the nineties was that coach uh, from Miami. Uh, was it Jimmy Jim Johnson. Johnson? Jimmy Johnson was that guy. Jimmy Johnson, no nonsense. And why Jimmy Johnson is not in Dallas today? Because Jerry Jones tried to be too much of the team instead of he's the like Mark man. Cuban of basketball, of football. Right. Stay out of the business of football that you don't know anything about. You're a businessman. It's his money. He well, can do whatever he wants. He can, but it's hurting his team. And he can do whatever he wants. Tony Romo's hurting his team. Well, I, I, agree, with, I, I agree with that, too. But as an owner, and it's your money, let the guys who know football do the football fair. stuff. That's fair. Hey, okay, this is Palm Lots of Sports Talk. It was a great show, uh, as always. Uh, Alex Clancy, uh, check out his uh, Twitter account. I'm not going to even go into At it. Clancy's Corner. <laughs> Deborah Debris. We miss Cindy, but, you know, we still had a good show. Who? Cindy. Oh, Brady. Cindy Brady. Hey, check us out next week or check out the uh, the Twitters. Check out yourclearedge.com. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. 
Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 